Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Without a healthy mind, being happy is hard. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny and see if online therapy is for you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and this week I am joined by just one of my gaming dads, the rogue one, Mr. Gary Witta. Gary, what's going on? How are you today? I'm good. I know it's just the two of us, but that's just fine with me, Mike. You know, I like to think of us, you and I, as the uh, Ted Lasso and Roy Kent of video games. You bring the, you bring that positivity, the energy. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of more the curmudgeonly one, the grumpy, you're the grumpy also, British you're one. Here, you're there. You're every fucking where. I'm every fucking where. And you know, and, and you know, Barrett. The most important thing is, I maybe I have that grumpy exterior, but you know, much like my hero Roy, there is that heart of gold underneath. Yep, that heart of gold. Of that's course. what matters. That's what matters. I got that soft center. Bear Courtney is running the ones and twos. Wait, and so who's Gary... Barrett? Is he Higgins? No, see, it, yeah, it's funny no. because I also would. I think he's Nate. I think he's. Oh, is he Nate? Nate? I'm not. I, I think, no, nobody I wants think... to be Nate. Oh, really? I was gonna say he's growing. No, he's Higgins. Because Higgins Xbox is the, Higgins is in the engine room. He's the guy that like oh, makes everything. True. You know. Yeah, that's good. He's, that's a good one. It's funny because in like my own person, like we joke at home, but like I am also Roy Kent in a like a very much younger, but like <laughs> I have that like fucking bad attitude, swearing at people all the time. Like yeah, that that's that's where I am. But and it is funny. I don't know. Mate, I mean, I, I don't, don't take don't take of... this the wrong way, Barrett. But maybe you're Jamie Tart. Oh, very oh, talented, man, but, I... but you know maybe there's an attitude problem. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I I like you know I see other human beings as human beings though you know and I know Jamie Tart is on his way. Yeah, but to you that, but you also know that Jamie's a good guy underneath as well. There's, yeah, there's a good guy in there trying to get out. That's the, that's the point. I hate where Ted this Lasso. Watch, watch Ted Lasso, everybody out there. Let's hear the conversation back. Of course, personally cannot be with us this week, so it's a Mike and Gary show. But of course, we always have our main man Barrett on the ones and twos in the background and talking about he's there, he's everywhere. It's you, Gary Witter, because you are everywhere. And I wanted to kick off the show with a, a nice little celebration of you. We've done it for Paris. Now we get to do it for you because yesterday during the PlayStation conference, your game, Forspoken, was shown off. And we really got to celebrate you in the writing credits. And that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to know what does this mean? What What's the writing credits? How much are you writing for this game? Because when I Google it, right, it says writer of the video game, Gary Witta. So are you a one-man show? Because I think there was a tweet with you and some big dogs out there, some incredible names. No, not at all. And, and you know, the funny thing that's worth mentioning, Mike, is, of course, there's not just one kind of funny X-Cast uh, host that had a, ga a game at the showcase yesterday. If we include Alana, former host, 
she of course is riding on uh, the new god of war game so Very we actually exciting. all the x-cast hosts apparently are actually secretly going off and writing playstation games <laughs> i don't know what that says about us but it's you know i guess i guess it shows that, again we're true to our word that we're platform agnostic we like you know wherever good games are to be found we'll we'll happily go play them write for them we'll do whatever um so, so far as for spoken's concerned there's actually i don't think there's really too much i can say beyond what's been publicly said at this point so i'm technically credited in that there was a press release that went out the other day or yesterday from from square enix um crediting my contribution as original concept and then the great amy hennig of course you know from uncharted the uncharted games um story concept i believe and then two other two very very talented uh, writers by the name of allison reimer and todd stashwick I, I think have done like all the real heavy lifting on the uh the actual kind of like, like what you actually see written in the game I, I i did some some work kind of helping them you know build out the world and the concept and you know the whole you know kind of you know what we call world building where you know where you kind of figure out like what are the rules of this world like how does it work you know all that kind of stuff beyond that there's I, I there's not really much i can say without probably getting into trouble with square enix's pr people i think closer to the release of the game there'll be more to talk about I, it looks really cool i'm very excited to uh to play the finished game i'm very excited to play alana's uh game of course when it comes out and um there was a lot of good stuff at that at that Sony conference yesterday. I thought better than that, better than that the bloody the Xbox one that we had to sit through <laughs> the other day. You know, Paris of course did a great job, but man, so again, I don't want to I don't want to have to say the word. What is it again? What was the bloody what was the thing? Trebuchet what, is what you're looking trebuchet. for. Trebuchet. <laughs> we'll never ten forget minute, about the ten minutes. Ten minutes on a trebuchet. What does what does Sony pack into ten minutes? Wolverine, Spider Man <sighs> Two, God of War. Knights of the Old Republic remake. I don't know. Like if if we if we're looking at the two most recent um, conferences, you gotta you gotta give you gotta think you I think we gotta give this round to Sony. Tre Trebu oh. say less, you know. Yeah, uh, Sony did have a killer <laughs> conference, but I wanted to take a moment and congratulate you and that team over there on getting to share a piece of this upcoming game. And I really look forward to, once we can open the door, talking more about that with you. Of course, you are the big time writer, Gary. You've done this before, and it's really cool to see you work in the medium that we all love. Of course, we host this Xbox show, and it's fun to be able to peel back the curtain and talk with you about the cool things you've done and what that process is like. So everybody, make sure to go give some love to to Gary Witta and that whole team over there for unveiling that game once again and really getting to share a little bit more. But Gary, before we start the show, you also told me you have one more thing going on in your life. Of course, you're clearing some space in your house and you have like a lot of goodies, a lot of Xbox, a lot of PlayStation, a lot of video game kind of memorabilia and just knickknacks. And you're wondering, what do you do with it? So what's going on over there, Gary? So, okay, first of all, before we move, I, I want to just finish out the last, because I, I, I gave props to Alana. I want to make sure no one gets missed out. There's actually a ton of, of well, just a very small community of people that write on these video games. We all know each other. I want to give, give a quick shout out as well to my good friend, Walt Williams, um, who is working on Spider-Man 2, to Evan Narcisse, oh. who's working on uh, Wolverine. Uh, there was a whole bunch of us yesterday who were all kind of like congratulating each other. You know, oh, in cool. Their, uh, every, everyone, you know, had to be quiet until like the... Um, you know, we all knew that the game announcements were coming, but we weren't allowed to say anything until the games had been shown. And then everyone suddenly like pops out going, oh, yeah, I can put this game in my Twitter bio mm -hmm. now and that kind of stuff. And we're all furiously congratulating each other. So it was just a nice moment, not just for me, but for everyone that I know that works, um, you know, in video game story development. So far as the Xbox stuff is concerned, yeah, Mike, you and I were talking about this before the show. It's an interesting 
uh, little situation that I find myself in. We're having we're having a big clear out at Shea Widow right now. We need more space in the house. We're trying to find a way to. There's you know what it's like. Clutter builds up, especially when you have video game stuff, old controllers, old systems. You know, I'm not the kind of person that likes to throw stuff away, especially like video game hardware. Like I kind of have a tendency to try and hold on to this stuff. Something's got to give, though. We're finally, finally getting rid of a bunch of stuff. And so I find myself, as I'm taking inventory, um, both in my office here and in my little box room over here where I keep it store a bunch of stuff, it's time to get rid of a bunch of Xbox stuff. You know, I have a Series X here now. That's what I play on. Um, but I've got, let me see, what have I got? I've got two, I've got two Xbox One Xs and a One S, and I have a whole bunch of controllers. And I also have an original Xbox One Connect. You don't need to tell me what to do with that. I already threw it in the dumpster. Oh! The other, stu the other stuff, yeah, though. Yeah, Gary, good right job. Right in the trash good where job. it belongs. The other stuff, though, Mike. So I wanted to ask both you and Barrett. I actually don't know what to do with this stuff. Should I take it to GameStop? Will they give me anything? Maybe I should donate. It's like a way to like donate it to kids or something. Like maybe some friends of mine want to take somebody off my hands. I've got a bunch of old controllers, a bunch of a, a, a bunch of like at least three Xbox uh, Xbox Ones just mm. sitting around here, like from the last generation that I you know I upgraded obviously to the Series X. And now these old ones are just sitting around gathering dust. Like, what do you do with the old gaming hardware? What should uh, I do? Let me tell you. With mine, when it comes to GameStop, you're gonna get yeah. Like, they're, they're gonna be like five cents, right? They're gonna give yeah. you like ten bucks, and then you can go, you know, uh, get a little sandwich in the in the same mall. I know, I know that's true that. for games. Like, you bring in you bring in a game that's like five minutes old, and they're like, oh, we we'll give you we we'll give you like twenty cents for it. You Let know, me do some research. Like, Let me it, do some it, research during it. Are they uh, are they stingy on hardware as well though? Like, what do you think? What do you think like GameStop would give been. you? Let me ask you this: What do you think GameStop would give you for an Xbox One X? I don't need to. I don't need to guess, but uh, you guys can guess. Twenty bucks. Fifty I, bucks. I, I look it up. Would they give you fifty bucks? Fifty bucks. I'd I'd say fifty is a good deal. I was gonna give you some lowball number, some jabroni stuff, but I, I think fifty dollars is probably a good bet. I mean, remember, just a couple weeks ago, I went and visited my girlfriend out uh, in Colorado. And I bought the last Xbox One S that they had. Mm. They were selling it for $300, Gary. Well, so, I mean, that's, that's the thing. By the time they mark it up and sell it on, they've put a decent price tag on it. Mm -hmm. But they, they, they want that bigger margin as possible. They want to buy it from you very, very cheap. Very cheap. And then sell it and oh, sell yeah. it as high as they can. So right now over on GameStop.com, you can ch uh, check in like trade-in values. And right now the oh, okay. Tell me. Xbox One S, one terabyte console, uh, the white version, you can get, uh, let's see, for store credit, you can get $150 for for cash. Oh. You can get it for what? $120. Uh, $100 what, for, a one, for a 1S? For a 1S. Uh, 1S, yes. What about a 1X? Because I've got two of those. Well, let me let me go back here. Let's see. A 1X, one terabyte console black. For regular value, for store credit, you can get $250, and then for cash, you can get $200. But no, here's... that can't be right. That can't be right, Barrett. A Series S is 300 bucks. How are they making any money? I have no idea. I have no... Yeah. Again, it seemed like GameStop was going to no longer be a thing, and then everybody mm. bought stock for them because of fucking Reddit bullshit. GameStop doesn't make sense There's to There's no me way they're giving me 250 bucks either, for a 1X. Either... Well, what are they then selling it for? They've got to mark it up. They've oh, got to yeah. make a profit. Well, hold on. Let me... Let me, let me 
let me look that up. Yeah, Something's not right wild. here. Excellent. Something's not Sorry. right. Something doesn't feel right. You know what does feel right, Gary? <laughs> Giving it to those in need. Exactly. And I bet you there's definitely some awesome wow. organizations. Hold on, hold on. I probably do... take them in. Uh, hold on. Hold on, hold on. This is okay. fucking insane. Hold on, hold on. What the Microsoft just like breaking news? Xbox One X, one terabyte, uh, one terabyte console black. In the year of our Lord, 2021, where we have Series S's and Series X's, a pre-owned Xbox One X is being sold at $389.99. And I wonder How if they're able possible? to I wonder if they're able to get away with it because they know that there's barely any Series X and Series S's out on the market for people to get. I know, so but they're still able to mark you... this up for people who are desperate to just get anything. You really? Know? Just just buy anything? Yeah, dude. That's it's fucking wild, Gary. It's fucking wild. But I do agree with Mike. Like, you know, there's a, probably, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area, right? There's probably so many uh, organizations, children's hospitals that you could probably donate to. Like, that was like a. I know a, children's hospitals are all very good, Barrett. But you just said you just threw some real numbers at me. <laughs> you I, just threw yeah. some big money. Gary could <laughs> trade in two Xbox One S's by your account and somehow <laughs> buy an Xbox Series X with that in-store credit, which just doesn't add. No, that, uh, either do that or like what I usually do. Like I have a little sister who's 11 years younger than me, and she likes playing games, but she's not always on the getting the most like recent console and stuff like that. So when I got my PS5, I sent her my PS4 Pro and uh, sent her uh, sent her a bunch of my PS4 games to to finally play. I mean, stuff. so if you've got you someone like that as well, Xbox One X at retail anymore, right? They've just they've discontinued them, right? They're not on store shelves anymore. Yeah, it's, no. just, it's just pre-owned, I believe. So that's it's actually a really good point that you raise. Because if you can't get a current generation Xbox anywhere, a Series X or a Series S, and you can't get regular, you can't get a last gen one on the shelves because they've discontinued them, a used one is your only option. So maybe GameStop can kind of mark it up and screw you because it's a seller's market. That's Man. crazy to think about. That's wild. Well, it's Gary, a seller's market seems, everywhere, Gary. It sucks. <laughs> Damn. Like you might have a little treasure trove on your hands, but of course, we want to get updated. We want to know what you do next week with all of that. But if you have a cool idea for what Gary should do with all this extra hardware, let us know in the comments down below, because of course, this is the kind of funny X cast we post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RootsTeeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe for the month of September. We'd like to thank our Patreon supporters and most importantly, our Patreon producers, Tyler Ross, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC Clan, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Techie Haas, James Hastings, Casey Andrews, Elliot, and Brian Ward. Of course, this week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is brought to you by Honey, Freshly, and DraftKings, but the team will tell you all about that a little later. Gary, let's jump into the news because we got a fun show for you and I to connect on, you and I to talk about, and we got to start off with something that is really near and dear to my heart, Gary Witta. The fun is coming back. The fun is returning home because we have a new Halo Infinite Flight on the way. End of the month, just announced this week, 343 Industries have said that the next Halo multiplayer flight will go live on September 24th, end of the month, y'all. And all players who fully sign up for the Halo Insider program as of September 13th will be granted access. So, Gary, that's the big one right there. I want everybody to circle that and listen up right here. All players who fully sign up for the Halo Insider program as of September 13th 
will be granted access. So there's no question about it. You don't have to worry about an invite. You don't have to be worried if you're going to be selected or not for a small number. If you sign up, by the time you're listening to this, you'll have two full days to go sign up and be a part of this upcoming flight. Gary, another cool one. They didn't announce an end date to this one. So hopefully well, you know, we can um, get a next long extended weekend. I know you'll you, you'll you'll be jumping in back back jumping back in for sure, right, Mike? I know you were very sad when the when the previous one ended. Oh, yeah, I haven't been the same since the previous one ended, Gary. <laughs> True, truly and honestly, Gary, I have been in this gaming rut since Halo Infinite the flight left me. I, I nothing brings me joy. Nothing is fun anymore. I'm missing that fun arena combat, and I can't wait for this to come back. And the pre the, the that last flight, or it was also the first one that they did. That was just a weekend, right? So you you're thinking this one might be longer? You know, I'm hoping it could be a little longer, Gary, right? September 24th, I believe, is a Thursday if I'm double-checking my math. Oh, it's a Friday, Friday. so two weeks from now. Gary, I'm going to put this out there. I think we get a week of Halo Infinite Flight. One full I mean, week, dropping days. on a Friday. It dropping on a Friday suggests it could just be a weekend, though, right? Maybe it's Friday For through sure, Sunday Gary. through Monday. You know, Gary, I like to have a lot of optimism because I don't want to get back into this <laughs> depressive hole that I've been in. So I'm going to hope for a week. And if they only give me three days, it's all right. But it is cool as well, Gary. We get to look forward to, of course, Team Arena returning and the kickoff of Big Team Battle, or we should say Bigger Team Battle, because 12v12 has been touted on what this next flight will have along with vehicles. So we're going to really get a grasp right. of what we're going to see in the game. Because they're not just going to run the first flight again, right? Whatever they needed to learn from the first flight, presumably they learned it. Now they want to open it up more, stress test it more, you know, test more features. Um, I think there's there's a good chance there could be more to it. The big team battle definitely interests me. I'm still, I, I got the email about this about this flight the other day, and I'm still, I didn't do the first one, as you know, not because I'm not interested in Halo Infinite. I really am, and I look forward to playing multiplayer for sure when it comes out December 8th. I just, for, for games that I really anticipate, sometimes I just want to wait and play it like when it's fully 1.0. And again, we these days we know that 1.0 isn't really like the, you know, necessarily shippable finish there's going to be bugs on december 8th we know there are there's going to be a lot of patches probably all through the christmas you know period um santa's going to be delivering us you know hot fixes and patches all through the holiday period i'm sure but like i don't know i mean was it pretty let me ask you this i know it obviously obviously was not meant to be but when you played that flight uh that first one did it did it feel did did you feel like a tester did you feel there was their jankiness did it feel like an unfinished game that you were testing or were you able to just like play it as a game and enjoy it play it as a game and enjoy it there was very okay. minimal bumps in the road that i experienced i know each player was a little bit different but uh truly and honestly i didn't feel that many bumps in the road that caused like cataclysmic gameplay failure most of it felt very smooth felt very like finalized in the product that i would want to see and a good weekend of gaming so yeah i was really impressed with what maybe i should because the thing here's the thing mike the problem that i have is i know that i'm going to get you in the live in the multiplayer lobbies there's just no question and so if i wait until december 8th and all the people that i'm going to be playing with have already been honing their skills in these various flights I'm going to be behind the eight ball on December 8th. Like I might have to do it just so that I can at least build some muscle memory and, and at least, you know, the illusion of being somewhat competitive when the game, you know, fully releases. I don't know. Maybe I should. Like you said, it's obviously, it's, it's very easy to get into now. Uh, I do believe I'm already in the Halo Insider program. Again, there's no gatekeeping. All, all you have to do is sign up. It's not like, oh, you're not, you have to wait to see if you've been approved or get some kind of Willy Wonka golden ticket. Like if you want it, if you want in, you're in, right? Which is great. Really, again, really that, cool. 
And again, that makes sense. That that tracks generally how alphas and betas work. Generally, they're by invite only because they only want to test it for a, a, a you know a small controllable you know group of players. And then as it gets closer, they want to see well can you know can we scale this up? Can we start to manage you know player bases and lobbies that are closer to you know as being as popular as they will be you know when the game releases? So it makes sense that this next flight is going to be less restricted. You know access anyone could jump in. Um, should be easier, you know, to find lobbies and play games. There's going to be a lot of people running around. I don't know. Maybe I'll do it. A couple of weeks. What is it like two weeks away? Two yeah. weeks away. Get your notepads ready. Write down all the bugs that you get. Send them in because it really helps the team continue to elevate as they go in towards the final push of release down in December 8th. But another one, Gary, to build into the hype is if you've been keeping an eye over on the Halo Twitter page, they've actually tweeted out, all of the esports organizations that will be joining the Halo Championship Series, which is really, really a big deal. It's a lot of fun to see the organizations that will put forth a team and celebrate this and really kick off what will be the next future of Halo esports. But along with that, Gary, to get even more try hard and more sweat coming out of you to get excited about, they've put up the top 25 Halo esports players of forever. So you get to see all the very best of the best. And I could see a Gary Witta photo up there. I could see your name up there, Gary Witta. So I want to make sure you know that the hype is building. And I think you don't want to get left behind for December 8th. But if you can't make the beta and the flight, you won't be left behind. You'll be fine. The only the only time my photos ever on a wall is when you go into one of those places where they have like the list of like don't accept checks from these people. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> the only time I ever see my 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 face on a wall. Let me ask. Actually, you, you raise an interesting point because esports is not really my world, but I know that I know that it's very much yours. You're an esports shoutcaster. You're rocking the one the one hundred thieves merchandise right now. You have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the esports space, and you know Halo very very well as well. Let me ask you this. You know, we, we you and I in Paris have talked a lot about Halo coming back. Can it, you know, it's been, it's been quite a few years since Halo's been like at the top of kind of the relevancy tree, right? Halo's always around, but it hasn't been new and fresh and relevant for, for a while yet. Cause you want, we, we, we waited several years for this new game to come. Now it's coming at the end of 2021, as we go into 2022, the esports landscape is different, right? The, you know, obviously there's, there's all the League of Legends, there's the MOBAs out there, there's Valorant, CSGO is still super popular, there's Warzone, PUBG, Apex, all of the, the, the esports scene is like really, really, it's very, very different from when Halo was last kind of at the top of the tree. I know historically Halo has been a big esport over the years. With, with Halo Infinite, do you think it will reclaim some kind of supremacy like well is it is but is halo going to come back as an esport in a big way in 2022 amidst this very different and crowded esports landscape that we have now gary i love that you asked that because i love talking esports with you and i actually truly believe that the halo championship series their esports league will blow up here in 2021 into 2022 halo is the og when it comes down to esports right when you and i think of the originators and we think of Way back in the day, what were those land parties, those land tournaments that made big waves? And Halo's one of them. And I yeah. think Halo has always stuck around through everything. And sure, you know, Halo 4, Halo 5, maybe that esports scene wasn't as big as it used to be. You still see tournaments to this day in Halo 2 and Halo 3. You know, Twitch Rivals still harkens back 
over to the Halo Championship Series, and they love to show that off. And so I'm really excited to see what they've done and what they will do. They've had some great articles over on the Halo Waypoint uh, website where you can read up on what is the goal, what's the message, what's the end-all, be-all dream for what the Halo Championship Series will be. And it's really fun to see how they're going to create this esports ecosystem in 2021 and try to you know, rekindle that fire that once was the Halo 2, Halo 3 circuit of the days of old, where you see a lot of these top 25 Halo players coming from. And I think they have a really good team over there. And I look forward to as we get near the release and we start to talk more about esports, you know that will be one of my big goals is to bring on a team member from them and have them talk esports with us. Because, yes, it seems like they're going to put a lot forth into it. And I think it will blow up when you look at the landscape now. We can talk about MOBAs, but when we focus on the first-person shooters, right, you look at the Call of Duty League, you've looked at Overwatch, and those are very, very successful leagues. And I think with Halo, especially being free-to-play multiplayer, what they're going to put forth as well, Gary, not only on the biggest esports stage, but also in this grassroots league where, you know, the smaller teams, these smaller organizations can come together and get up to the big stage. I think they're going to have a really good opportunity to seize the moment and really put Halo esports back on the map and plant the flag. So really excited about it. It's interesting because, you know, when you think about it, you're right. Halo was the kind of the OG, um, you know, I think think probably CSGO would be considered one of the other really, really big ones. And a lot of the, a lot of the people that we consider now, like, so, for example, the biggest streamer, some of the biggest stars on Twitch, like Ninja came out of the Halo world, right? He was yep. a competitive Halo player. Look at Shroud came out of the CSGO world. And these were esports guys before they, you know, moved on to streaming. Again, so I, I'm fascinated to talk because I know nothing about esports and I know you know a lot. That's why I'm fascinated to pick your brains about it. Do you think that when it – do you think we're going to see a lot of, like – Will you recognize some of the some of the esports names next year? Will they be like people that, are, that historically have played and been successful in the, on the Halo esports scene in the past, or do you think you're going to see like a new younger generation of Halo esports stars emerging in with with Infinite? Well, that's funny you bring that up because I, I do think we're going to see a new young class, right? I think whenever we talk about esports, you never lose the step, right? You and I, we watch Shroud, and Shroud technically could jump into any esports league and probably still go at the, te- the best of the best. But this is a young man's game, and I think the legends that we saw, the Ogre 1s, the Ogre 2s, the Snipe Downs, right? They've had a big formative career. They're getting up there in age, and it's funny when you and I talk age, right? They're probably in their 30s to late 30s. Oh, yeah, most, you know? so in esports terms. <laughs> they're dinosaurs. not very old, but I think, yes, in the esports world, we're going to look at a young class that is anywhere from the age of 18 to 25 really come out and make a name for themselves. And I think that's the fun thing, too. Like when Call of Duty League rebranded and recreated a couple of years ago, you got to create new names, new organizations, new teams that you could rally behind, right? It didn't feel like a counter-strike where – oh, you don't know this guy's name or that organization. They've been around for 25 plus years. You should know it. I think for this, you're going to be able to attach yourself and find out who you like, who you don't like. And to give you a quick list, they already have put it up on August 30th. Here's the partnered teams for the launch of HCS. So you have Cloud9, you have Envy, E-United, FaZe, you have Fnatic, you have G2 Esports, uh, Sentinels, space station so you have a list of big names of organizations that you know that you love that you can get behind and they also have a lot of backing and funding that will be able to pick the best of the best support them throughout a year or more with a contract and create something really special so i'm really excited to see who it is but man i would love to relive some of the legends is right gary i would love to see the old school names come out and dominate but uh 
I think they might be a step too slow. I don't like saying that because I, I think I still got it, and I'm 31, that, I mean, that but would, that, that uh, would I don't be, think I got it. A, that would be a fun gimmick to build an event around, old school versus new school. Gary, we'll call him up. We'll let him know what we got. That's right. So wanted to kick it off the fun. Of course, Halo flight is incoming. Make sure y'all are ready at the end of the month, September 24th. Anyone who fully registers on the Halo Insider program will be selected for the flight. You got to register by September 13th for guaranteed access. So please, please, please don't miss out. Don't have the FOMO. We want to make sure you're having some fun. But Gary, let's keep the good times rolling. And since we're taking it back old school and talking about some old school names, Let's talk about some old school games, giving a nice little uh, refresh, a remake, some would say. And of course, over at that PlayStation show yesterday, they showed off Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the remake. Now, this was something you, me and Paris talked about. It was rumored to be coming. We get to now finally see it live on stage. It's going to be a timed exclusive, though, Gary, for the launch window with PlayStation and PC but I know this is a game that's very important to you and many gamers, especially in the Xbox ecosystem. What does this mean to you? Are you excited about a remake? It's funny. Uh, Greg and I were talking about remakes and remasters on uh, Games Daily this week. And uh, as I've said many times, I'm very, very pro remake, remaster. Um, you know, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition super cool. You know, the, I know we're going to talk about Alan Wake. You know, we're seeing a lot of these games that... Um, you know, we're great back in the day, but you know, if you're if, if you're coming up and you don't remember that game from before, that's a great game. But you might not play it because you go, oh, it's two generations old. It looks kind of janky now. I expect you know modern you know graphics and fidelity and frame rates. Well, these th these remasters can give you that. Like here's an, here's a new chance to experience a game that you might have missed because it was like one generation you know before your time or whatever. But we're going to bring it up to current specs and make it really sing again. The game's going to look, sound, and play better than it ever did before you know sometimes they'll actually go in and tinker with the gameplay and improve things that maybe they wish they could have you know, gotten more right the first time around kotor is a is a great one and it really does show the fact that sony opened their presentation with it really just goes to show i think um just how how compelling right now the remake remastering trend is and what a big deal kotor is any conversation that you have with anyone who knows star wars games about favorite star wars games knights of the old republic is gonna be on that list if you talk to someone about star wars games and ask them for their top three and kotor is not somewhere on that list you can dismiss pretty much everything else that they say because this person doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about kotor is an absolute stone cold banger classic and what's interesting is barrett pointed this out in our little kind of chat before the show that when it first came out on the original Xbox generation, it was an Xbox exclusive. And now the pendulum has swung the whole other way. And now we're looking at this KOTOR remake. And from listening to some of the, some of the PR stuff that was built around the, uh, the show after, you know, after the main presentation, they were like interviewing the devs for a little bit. It does sound more like a full on remake than just, you know, a fresh lick of paint. It sounds like it might be at least kind of mass effect, legendary edition level, maybe, something well, even, even beyond even, that i mean but, uh, like legendary edition was even just a remaster like they weren't bringing in new assets and stuff like that they weren't like no that's what i'm saying and, i think yeah, it's like, I, I, is, I, that's what i'm saying i think it's going to be the next step beyond yeah, that this is going to be a it, it, it seems like in the dev this show is uh, sponsored by oh, Bet. Oh, sorry uh for kids who are listening i accidentally played a video um for i think 
it's going to be a big step for this developer because I, I think it's uh, I forget how to say it. it's like Aspir or Asper or something like that. And they've handled ports of bringing a lot of like old school Star Wars games uh, to modern consoles lately. Like they uh, they recently helped port, uh, I think, like Republic Commando to the Switch and stuff like that. And so this is going to be like a big kind of like proving step to like they've been trusted with like porting Star Wars games. And like now, like, let's give them the, yeah. the full reins on like a remake. And so th that's, that's kind of an unknown quantity. I hope they do a good job. But I might yeah. be, without knowing anything else, I might be more, more excited about this if I knew that Bioware were handling it themselves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see, and I'm very optimistic about it. I will say this, of the original Xbox generation, um, Knights of the Old Republic was probably my most played and one of my most favorite games of that generation. I can remember, I can remember staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning playing that game, and I'd been playing for hours. I just didn't want to stop playing because I was so into it. And the whole choice path that they built, you know, the light side, dark side path was so brilliantly done. And I remember I wanted to go dark side. And the first few dark side choices that you make are kind of fun to play. Oh, I'm kind of I'm kind of deliciously evil, you know, kind of like a low-key type mischievous dark side character. But then as you go further down the dark path, the, by the end of it, it's like if you want to go, you want to go fully dark, like you're going to have to make some fucked up choices. And it's like you end up feeling really, really uncomfortable about some of the choices, you know, like, you know, Hayden Christensen murdering, you know, kids kind of stuff. Like, oh, my God, this is fucked up. And the game's like, you wanted to be dark side. This is where the dark side ultimately leads you. And it's very Star Wars-y in that way. It's going to be very interesting. And again, without giving anything away, I don't want to spoil it for people that don't remember the first game. The first game has a very big twist at the end of the story. And I wonder if that's something they're going to feel the need to revisit because it's already kind of known, because it's a remaster, a remake of a prior game, or if they feel like they might even kind of tinker with this at the story level and find a way to kind of maybe put the twist on the twist. Because for people like me that are going to be going back and replaying it, I already know what the twist in the original game is. So if they just do that again, I'm going to be like, yep, that was the twist in the old game. But or if they're going to feel like the need to kind of do something different. Like all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, now the that. twist looks better than ever. Yeah, but exactly. Is that enough? You know, yeah. like how you, you, you're not going to surprise me unless I don't know. The twist is so good. It's hard to know like how you would even change, like how you would even change it up. But that it's, it's an interesting case in point for this kind of remake where, you know, the narrative does have a big twist. It's already, it's been known for years how do you, you know, how do you deal with that? It's really exciting to me, Gary, as this isn't a game that I've played thoroughly, something that I've attached myself with. I know when you talk to Xbox fans and you talk to gamers back in that generation, they always bring up Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It is that one where it's on everybody's list. And it's crazy to think that. And so to me, I'm like you, Gary, I love the idea of making these remakes and giving these new generations of gamers a chance to play some of these great games. If you remember, we had Sean Capri on the show from the Xbox Drive podcast, and he said such a great quote that still sticks with me to this day of like, yeah, old games are old, but great games will always be great, right? And like, this is exciting of you share all of your enthusiasm for it. You see the community rally behind this kind of game and the idea of, hey, we're going to get a remake and it's coming to you here and like, now everyone gets to play it again. It's going to have all of these upgrades. It's going to feel modern and look modern. That's really exciting. And it's always fun to jump into the Star Wars universe. It, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen. It's really exciting in two ways, both for people like myself who remember the original game, but it's long, but it's been gone long enough that a lot of it's going to be, oh, like some of it's going to be like, oh, I remember this. And some of it's going to feel fresh because I've honestly just forgotten a lot of the shit. It's a really, really long game. 
with like side quests that are so expansive they almost feel like their own video game. It's like why 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 wouldn't they just make this side quest its own game? It's so huge. Like it's a massive, massive, massive game. And I'm I'm sure as well as I think I remember it. I probably don't remember it anything like as well as I think I do. And so it's gonna be it's gonna be like, you know, it's gonna be nostalgic, but it's gonna feel kind of new again. I can't wait to see what it looks like with, you know, current gen uh visuals. But then the other excitement of course is I'm I'm excited for other people who didn't play, you know, maybe they were too young back in the day, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's an older game, who are now going to get to experience it for the first time. And it's like people that read Game of Thrones watching their friends who are now, uh, who, who were then one, watched it on TV, didn't know the books, like, oh, just you wait, there's some shit coming down oh. the road for you. And then people are like freaking out when all the twists happen and stuff like that. I think it's going to be really 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 fun everything they're, they're making all the right noises about how they're doing it again it's going to be a bit of an interesting switch the original game was xbox exclusive this is going to be ps5 exclusive but timed the big question is for people i mean obviously i'll play it day one on ps5 i'm fortunate to have both consoles for those people that are that are just xbox only though how long are they going to have to tolerate their ps5 oh. friends bantering them about how they have the KOTOR remake and the Xbox uh, side doesn't. Yeah. When, when, when we say timed exclusive these days, what are we talking about? Three months, six months, a I, year? What do you think? I, think? I think when you say that, I think most gamers quickly jump to one full year. I think that's almost become the standard without knowing anything, without yeah. seeing any sort of contracts. When you say timed exclusive, I think everybody jumps to one year. That seems to be the normal here. Yeah, but, but now we're getting into the area of like, Yo, has Final Fantasy VII Remake been announced for Xbox yet? <laughs> like, After years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's so been, you, it's you been never know. a little over a year. It's uh, almost going to It could be longer. To, yeah, like we're getting yeah. close to two years now with Final Fantasy VII I don't VII know, Remake. but so, it could be, like, you know, kind of like Kotor has those course, Xbox roots. You can't leave people out in the entities, Different contracts, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I think the assumption would be uh, a full year. And I'm excited to check this game out. I feel like... I, I vaguely remember playing the first few hours of KOTOR and it was, I was at the age where like, I didn't fully understand like what, how a Western RPG uh, like felt or played. And when I got into it, like I, I booted up cause I love star Wars. I was like, Oh yeah, let's check this out. And I, is KOTOR Gary, is that the one that opens up with like, you like wake up on a ship and you don't know who you are and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember um, playing the first couple of hours of that. And then like, when I got like really into the combat, I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. And of course, that was like back when I was in middle school or something. And like, of course, well, my, change, my, I, my taste has like adapted over time. So I'm excited to like wait for the remake to like give it a, a, another shot because I, I, I've known like kind of story bits, uh, stuff here and there and certain characters. Well, um, and I'm excited to experience that. Let, let me ask you this and I'll, and, and I'll do this. I'll try again. It's, 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 a, it's a very mild. If you really, really don't want any code or spoilers at all, like, you know, zap forward or whatever, but this is very, very mild. Um, one of the one of the great moments in the game, and it's, it's several hours in, the game, eventually you're going to get a lightsaber, right? But they don't just give it to you at the start of the game. You have to earn it, right? Just like any Jedi has to earn their lightsaber. They, you don't just get to pick one up and have it for free. I guess Luke Skywalker, he's a fucking gay, Obi-Wan just gave it to him. Um, but for the most part, like, you have to earn a lightsaber, right? And the game does that by having you fight with these vibranium is it vibranium? I can't remember what they That's call horrible. it. But like, there's, uh, what what is it? It's like a sword. It's basically like it, it, it basically it's, it's a physical sword that mm -hmm. vibrates. Gotcha. Right, and it and it's capable of. You can fight a lightsaber with it, or you know, and it acts like a lightsaber, but it ain't no lightsaber. And the game has you fight with it for a while. I mean, I almost want to Google it now because I know I said vibranium, and that's Marvel. But like, it's something. It's like a vibrating thing. I think they may have invented it for Kotor. 
and the game ha- the game gives it to you as like kind of like a training wheels lightsaber, but you know it's not the real thing, and you and you, f- you have to fight with it for a good stretch of the of the original of the, of the early part of the game. But when you finally get your lightsaber and you really have one. It's just this epic. It just feels like such an epic moment. You feel like you earned it. It's like, God damn it. Now I got a lightsaber. Now this game really begins. That's when the game really starts to open up for me. And I don't remember if you got to that point, Barrett, when you first played, when you get the lightsaber, but that for me is when the game really comes alive. Yeah. I, I feel like I might've almost gotten to that point. It was years and years and years ago, Gary, you know, it, it like that was, that must've been like 2004. I mean, yeah. How, I mean, how old would you have been? How, uh, when did Kotor come out? Hold on, let's see. Kotor. It's called a vi- It's called a vibro blade, which sounds like vibro a sex blade. toy. Yeah. But mm. that's what that's what they give you. It's a, called a vibro blade. So, that and that's came, the idea. That came out in two thousand three, and I didn't play. I didn't give it a try until like two thousand four, two thousand five. So when I tried it, that was like, I was in like fifth grade, so I was like ten. But I was eight when it came out. Damn, yeah. very young. God, I'm old. I'm so. He's old. got an opportunity to play a great one, and other another remaster coming out so that everybody will have a great opportunity to play. Alan Wake remaster, mm. another great Xbox game that everybody loves. Announced by Remedy Entertainment and Epic Games, releasing on October 5th. So right around the corner, you'll be able to jump back in to Alan Wake and solve that fun mystery of what the heck is going on in that crazy world. And you know, it's a great opportunity to jump back into this game. They're aiming at 4K 60 frames per second, which will be really, really special. But of course, it's coming with both story expansions with the DLC. So that's going to be really cool to get this full package. But Alan Wake returning a cult classic, something that's really special. And to see where Remedy is today too, you get to kind of see the roots starting off with Alan Wake and where they went to so far with control and everything beyond so kind of a fun one as well so another cool remake coming your way but yeah Leah's, that- i just want to say leah's really leah's been really interested in that and i am too back in the 360 days leah because she loves these kind of spooky um uh story-based horror type games you know kind of poking around with a flashlight in these kind of dark creepy places and stuff like that we actually picked it up used on xbox 360 way back in the day and we never got around to playing it this is the perfect time to come in i think it's only 30 bucks as well for like for a major remaster of a classic game that you may not have played 30 bucks um i think is going to be a pretty good deal and the screenshots and some of the footage they've shown it looks like they did a really really good job updating it really excited for this one so don't have to wait long either october 5th is going to be great but with that why don't we take a word from our sponsors folks We need to talk about your online shopping habit because if you don't have Honey, the free online shopping tool, you're straight up doing it wrong. Honey is a browser extension that scours the internet like an algorithm pirate searching for buried promo codes. And when it finds one that works, it applies it to your cart automatically, sort of like that mythical hero Robin Hood. We just missed a lot of metaphors there, but you get my point. Kevin and Tim always use Honey for everything they buy personally and for kind of funny because they like saving money and I like that about them. Honey supports over 300,000 stores online ranging from tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. If you don't already have Honey, you could be missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by using it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. We'd never recommend something we don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door, no cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. 
Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl. Freshly can fit your lifestyle with a variety of plans and meals to pick from that work for your dietary needs, preferences, tastes, and family size. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. With new meals added each week, Freshly brings the convenience of chef-made, nutritionist-designed classics right to your kitchen. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash kinda. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com slash kinda for $40 off your first two orders. It's time to celebrate because the NFL is finally back, baby. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL, has millions of reasons to get you even more sight to kick it off. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $4 million up for grabs in Thursday's opener. Just draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app now. Feel the NFL action like never before with a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use code KFGAMES. This week, new customers can get a shot at a $1 million top prize and $4 million in total prizes. Enter code KFGAMES to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code KFGAMES, only at DraftKings, the official fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We got some fun going on with some old school games and some Halo Infinite. But, Gary, we're going to talk about the PlayStation presentation one more time because I got a question. And actually, it's a user question coming in from kind of funny best friend Kyle Fednew. He just writes a simple sentence to you, Gary. He goes, what's a guy got to do to get a first party Marvel game? And Gary, of course, this question is coming from the recent announcement of Spider-Man 2, but more importantly, Wolverine. Insomniac is now going to make a Wolverine game over with that incredible development team. They're creating their own little Marvel universe, it feels like, over there because they got all of the awesome characters that we've always wanted. Now, the question is, as Xbox gamers, what the heck is going on, Gary? Why can't we get a special exclusive superhero game on this side of the console wars, on this side of the console platform. Why can't we get a Marvel game? You know, when you look at, when it comes down to the, you know, which console do you want to grab? You know, most people don't have both. Most people can't even get either one right now with the chip shortage and everything. But most people have to make a choice. You got you to gotta pick your poison. Do you want an Xbox or do you want a PlayStation? And they're so similar in terms of the hardware and the technical specs and stuff like that. It comes down to a handful of things, you know, Game Pass maybe on one side um and you know whatever playstation you know the dual sense controller they've all got little little things going for them but what it really comes down to is what are the games and what are the games that are going to be exclusive to this platform most games are on both platforms right the call of duties the alan wakes yeah the thing you know the things that we've been talking about generally show up on both platforms and it, but it, and so it comes down to well what 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 can i exclusively say oh this is for me and like you know i can only get this on my platform Xbox got some good stuff, you know, especially with the Bethesda acquisition. They've, they've started to build up their exclusive portfolio. 
but man, I got to give it to Sony, and I'll say this on an Xbox podcast. They do have some things. If I were an Xbox-only gamer, if I didn't have a PlayStation 5, I would be deeply, deeply envious of some of the stuff they have going on over there. And most, almost all of it, frankly, is Insomniac stuff, whether it be Ratchet and Clank. And then on the Marvel side, Insomniac really now has established itself. Like the Marvel Insomniac is like peanut butter and jelly, right? It just goes together in the most delightful way. That Spider-Man game from a few years ago was absolutely incredible. Miles Morales was incredible. Um, now we've got Spider-Man 2 uh, in 2023, and this Wolverine, who knows when we're going to get it, but that really was, I think, the biggest megaton of the pre- of the uh, the showcase this week. Yeah, it was great to see God of War, but we, we, we already knew that was coming. It was nice to see it. Yeah, it was great to see some more of Spider-Man 2, but we knew that was coming wolverine plus insomniac that was a combo that came well out of left field nobody saw that nobody knew it was coming nobody yeah it didn't leak we didn't have a clue like it just i i actually watched the live kind of funny reaction and i saw greg and all these guys you guys were all losing your shit because it was an amazing oh my god and here's the thing Insomniac is such an amazing developer, and it really—I think it's the—I think they're the jewel in Sony's crown in terms of the the, the 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 developer portfolio that they have. Best developer in the Western world. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The biggest thing for me was not that it's a Wolverine game. When I lost my shit was when I saw it was Insomniac. Again, yeah. it, it, anything they do is going to be amazing. But they are now establishing a pattern of like these are the it's just the premier place that you would want to see a marvel game develop they've shown it now time and time again that they can bring the best out of these characters the best out of this world yeah i mean a wall as soon as they said wolverine's doing sorry insomniac's doing a wolverine game no matter how far out it is it instantly goes to the top of your radar for like most anticipated games and it's wild too like this did not leak at all there there was no hints that it wouldn't even like before Spider-Man 2018 was even announced back in, like, 2016, there were, like, murmurs of, like, oh, like, it, it, before it was even concern, confirmed to be Insomniac, it was, like, uh, uh, I forget what uh, developer was um, rumored to be, like, doing Spider-Man. But, like, there were, like, rumors of, like, oh, there's, like, a Sony Spider-Man game coming or something like that. And then it was, like, oh, no, Insomniac's doing it. Holy crap. And then, you know, uh, uh, the rest was history. And then for years, right, like, you know, even Switch got its, like, Marvel exclusive games. Uh, like, when Disney got to the point of, like, all right, we need to start, like, using uh, Marvel to, like, reach out to game developers to make their own unique takes on our property. You know, we we tried with uh, in-house, like, uh, Star Wars games and stuff like that. We tried to, like, send all of our Star Wars game to one developer, and that did not work out. Let's, like, diversify and, like, send all of these different games to different developers. We got, you know, the Spider-Man 2018. I feel like I think it was back in 2016 as well. It was around the time I, I first got hired at IGN. Like we got to announce a Marvel's Avengers game coming from uh, like Square Enix and, and stuff like that, which was like absolutely wild. Eventually, uh, years down the line, we got the uh, uh, Ultimate Alliance three on Nintendo Switch, which is like a Switch uh, Switch exclusive as well. So we've got like all of this stuff that's like coming from all of these different places. And even at one point, I, th- I remember recording this games cast. We're like Greg, like we were like predicting things, and Greg was like, "Xbox has got to have their turn, right, of getting an exclusive Marvel title." And like, I think the prediction might have been like Coalition working on a Wolverine game or something like that. And the fact that it's going the other way, where no Wolverine's going to be a PlayStation exclusive, is is freaking wild. So, you know, it's it's interesting to think about it in, in in comparison to 
the way that the Marvel movies have totally exploded in the age of the MCU, right? If you're old enough to remember the days before the MCU, um, you know, the you, you had you know, obviously many, many decades of, of, of movies, but even in recent years before the MCU came along, you had like the Ang Lee, you know, Hulk movie, we had the Blade movies, like Fantastic Four type stuff floating around. It was, you know, it was a mixed bag. It was, they, they, they were, there were good movies in there, not so good movies. None of them had any real cohesion. They were you know, from different studios, all doing their own thing. And then Kevin Feige and his team comes along and creates the MCU and suddenly finds the perfect aesthetic, the perfect tone, the perfect way to blend all these characters together, the perfect stories to tell, and, you know, took, you know, the Marvel Universe cinematically to the next level. Insomniac to me is like the Kevin Feige of, of Marvel on the video side, like they, the video game side. They found a way to make the to make Marvel video game superhero characters and, and superhero video games truly great. There's oh, the, 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 again superhero video games have been a mixed bag over the years in the video game world, and we've seen some. Mostly, we've seen some truly bad ones. But for whatever reason, you would think that superheroes and video games would go together really, really well. But we've seen mostly bad ones. You know, there's. So, so many bad Superman games, so many bad Spider-Man games out there. We've seen so many bad superhero video games. Insomniac came uh, came through with Spider-Man and then Miles Morales, what they're doing with Wolverine, and they showed much like Kevin Feige did with the MCV, MCU. Video game superhero games, they can be truly great in the same way that the MCU movies are really great, and it's just wonderful to see. Yeah, and it's a big deal, Gary, right? I think now we live in a day and age where superhero games are really important and they're really, really special, especially with the entertainment side of things, with the movies and TV shows and how that plays a factor into pop culture. Now you look over into the video game world and how blessed we are to have some really killer superhero games. And like you brought up, right, with Insomniac and Bear brought up, of now we're getting this wide lens and scope of different video game and superhero characters with Guardians of the Galaxy coming out here very soon multi-platform and now you look over on the other side and you just look at xbox and you wonder what is missing is it that studio that has the perfect pitch is there something going on in the background where maybe they have too many games and they don't want to stop development or they don't want to take a team to go create that but it seems like a really missed mark over here when you look at on the xbox portfolio what we've always talked about that third person action adventure narrative game is always the killer thing but now we start to look at another piece that's missing and that's that kind of superhero game. What's that exclusive superhero that we all can rally behind that we can get excited about like a Spider-Man or a Miles Morales. And it's fun to now look at your stable of developer development teams of 23 different studios and some, and the opportunity that could arise talking with Disney and Marvel games of what could be the perfect partnership. And so that's where I want to kind of steer the next conversation is I know that Xbox gamers saw that announcement and go, man, we even talked about it here. We would have loved Wolverine. That's too bad that Insomniac's doing that, but it's really cool. And if you're a gamer that loves all consoles, you're going to get blessed with a really awesome Wolverine game. But what is that next Marvel character that you would love to be brought over to the Xbox side and maybe have one of your studios create on it? I mean, I'm thinking the opportunities maybe not with Marvel. It's it's here's the thing. This is maybe like a, a, a fairly unimaginative way to respond to this. But, you know, if I'm Phil Spencer, if I'm sitting there like, oh, man, Sony's kicking her ass with these Marvel games. They've got a top tier developer. They've got top tier access to these characters. They're locking up exclusive rights to Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, um, uh, uh, Wolverine. They've even got the exclusive Spider-Man in, you know, the Avengers game for whatever, you know, that really means. Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be cross-platform, but Sony's really, you know, kind of, 
staked a claim to the Marvel universe exclusively in, in, in many ways. If you wanted to just kind of copy that formula, mm -hmm. go do a deal with DC, lock up some DC characters, mm -hmm. put Bethesda on it, put your top tier developer acquisition on it. I mean, what, I, what, I think if, you, if they announced like a new um, Superman game or a new Wonder Woman game or another top tier DC character that was brought to you by a top tier you know, um, developer inside the Microsoft portfolio like a Bethesda, that would be pretty. I mean, it's not the most imaginative way. No, but do like, you all, like Gary, you got me on move, a roll. But I mean, that would be me, cool. You got me on a roll right now thinking of like how cool that would be <laughs> with like, you know, I love Batman. I love the Batman Arkham games and stuff. And one of the things that make the Batman Arkham games so special is like the going back and forth between combat and stealth like that. You know who's another expert at that is Arcane Games with the Dishonored There you games. go. And like think of like an Arcane Batman game, Mikey. Did oh, you ready for this, Bear? I, I, mean, I mean, love listen, your Arcane. I, need, I, need I was going to say – I need a nip I, check for that right now because that gets my nips. What we, what we, what right we have what we have been seeing recently is some really great choices being made, pairing up developers with franchises. Right, IO Interactive doing going coming from Hitman to James Bond, perfect perfect choice, just a perfect matchup. Uh, Machine Games doing this Indiana Jones title, you know, coming from you know having done uh, Wolfenstein yeah. titles to you know uh, Indiana Jones now beating up the Nazis, a perfect fit. That would this would this this would be like a great addition to that. That would make a great trifecta. They said bring in Arcane and picking an appropriate DC character like Batman, that would be a great choice as well. So mm. I think X Xbox, if they if they're out, you know, and we know that Xbox are being very aggressive these days under Phil Spencer, they're out there, they're making deals, they're making moves. I would it's again, it's not the most imaginative idea in the world, but just just take a leaf out of Sony's playbook, lock up some exclusive DC characters. And put one of your top, 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 you know, triple A developers on it and, you know, say, well, you've got, those, you know, you've got Spider-Man, you've got Wolverine, you've got Miles Morales, you may have those things, but we have, you know, our, we have our version of it over here on the Xbox side and let, let the battle lines be drawn. I, I like you two going with that, and I, I definitely can get behind something fun like that. So if I'm going to stick with Marvel really quick, Baird, I love your arcane pull. And actually what we've seen with the upcoming arcane game, right, Baird, having the zombies, or I mean uh, the vampires with Redfall, I actually want to see an arcane Blade game. I think Blade would be oh, really cool for them. And that would be a great character that people could rally behind. Then I flip it. I go look over at Ninja Theory and I would offer them up Doctor Strange and I'd get really wild with that and see what this team could do. I also think of a fun leading lady. And I think we really look at the MCU and there's a lot of great members you could select from. But for me, one that stands out is Gamora. And I would love to see that kind of sword quick melee combat being used somehow in yeah. a guardians of the galaxy spinoff with i can see that working equally backstory. well with black widow there's any number of ways yeah. you could go yeah so uh, double fine give them squirrel girl you know i feel like that would oh be a good fit. yeah again it's all about pairing up the right developer with the right sensibility it's for all the about, right it's finding property. The, the balance of the tone and like knowing what yeah. the tone of like the the developers and like what kind of games they make and finding that right tone for uh, each franchise. Mm -hmm. I want to give a big shout out to CEO213 live in our Patreon live chat right now. Of course, you can watch live. If you support us over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games, you can be part of the live stream when we record on Friday afternoons. But CEO213 actually brings up a good friend of the show, Lord Addict from the Iron Lords Gaming Podcast, says, has some good idea for an Xbox MCU, Punisher and the Coalition. Black Widow and the Initiative, 343 and Iron Man and Ninja Theory and Spawn. 
So those are a couple of fun pulls right there. And I like the idea, of course, Joanna Dark and Perfect Dark. That's going to be a really fun one to see. But Black Widow could easily slide into that. But it's really wild to see, like you brought up, Gary, how great Insomniac is and what they've shown and what they've created and what that team is truly capable of. It almost feels like a cheat code because they've got to be going into this pitch meeting feeling so confident. And then on the flip side, Disney Marvel Games got to be super excited to hear what they have to pitch. And they now have full trust and belief that they can knock it out of the park. And what we're going to see with Wolverine is probably going to be something really, really special. But it is a head scratcher over here on the Xbox side. Of course, we have 23 incredible, talented studios, and they're all working really hard on some awesome games. But when we look at that portfolio, we can definitely identify of like, hey, where is that superhero game? Could we ever see an exclusive Marvel hero or DC hero, like you said, that will be that superhero game because they are really coming into their own from the Batman series all the way through Spider-Man and everything in between. There's been some great ones, but that is the big missing piece over here on Xbox along with some other stuff. So really fun to talk about. And I love your guys' ideas. Let us know in the comment section down below. We want to know what is that one superhero in that one studio you would love to see collaborate and sell us on so we could have an awesome game over here on the xbox side but gary let's run through some other pieces of news so we can get the heck out of here for our lovely friday afternoon we got some fun hardware updates gary that you know they're not sleek they're not sexy but they're actually cool and they're continuing to build upon that idea of backwards compatibility and generations meaning something and of course continuing to build out this ecosystem where every piece of your hardware matters so you can continue to game over here on the xbox side first up controllers are keeping uh controllers and they're keeping older generations feeling new so we have a new firmware update being tested right now for xbox one controllers with bluetooth support xbox elite wireless controller series 2 and the adaptive controllers that will deliver next gen features previously available only to xbox series x and s controllers they're on the way and it's funny enough gary of course you know Last week, I had to be evacuated from my home. I came down here to Kevin's home with Team Kind of Funny, and the only controller he had was an old Xbox One controller. So it's pretty wild to think, of course, I can turn it on with my Xbox Series X and S, but I don't have all those cool, awesome features like my new controllers do. So two features we're going to see, of course, better cross-device connectivity. So Gary, I don't know if you remember, but a couple months ago when this console first launched, we got to see a little cool trick where you could pair your Xbox controller with your console and then quickly unpaired and reconnected with a PC, if you remember that, all with the touch of a button. So that connective feature will come to those older generation Xbox controllers, which is really cool because I think we've shown that with the Xbox wireless headsets of being able to jump on the fly from console to mobile device to pc and being able to have two systems locked in on your controller and at the press of a button being able to change back and forth is really really awesome so fun yeah, it's one actually there. one of my actually one of my favorite features about the new um generation xbox controllers that they added that cross connectivity if you've got a gaming pc um or even like an apple tv something else that might support you know a bluetooth uh, controller, any anything that supports a Bluetooth game controller. Um, they, you have to remember there's two wireless protocols built into the new controllers, right? There's, I believe it's called like the Xbox wireless protocol or whatever. That's a specific thing that will connect your controller to your Xbox. It's separate from regular Bluetooth, but it also does have regular Bluetooth. So if you want to have, it's actually something that I use. I have a gaming PC upstairs in my living room, living room and I also have 
uh, an Xbox uh, Series X, and I can have one controller and just have it uh, 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 switch relatively seamlessly uh, between the two connections without having to like disconnect it and repair it each time I want to assign that controller to one platform uh, or another. So the fact that they've now um, kind of retrofitted that into the older Xbox One Series uh, controllers is yeah i mean it's not it's not an earth shaking uh is it it, 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 it it does it does it make me feel uh, better about wolverine being only on playstation 5 no it's not on that level but you know it's it's a nice little thing that they did i'm glad they pay attention to the details and i like that yeah i think the attention to details go a long way especially building out this awesome ecosystem that we get to live play uh in but then moving forward we also have reduced latency so dynamic latency input delivers controller imports more efficiently to your Xbox Series X and S console for more responsive gaming experience and seamless, uh, seemingly list in for better latency. My apologies, but it's like, it's a there. Friday. We get it. It's been a long week. Tongue tied. Yeah, almost but, burned down, Mike. I think yeah, you're good. You got a lot of grace period going on some, here. Some, some special stuff there. So some cool new features coming to you, older generations of controllers. And I think another one as well, Gary, of course, I have it right here, that Xbox Elite controller, right? That's yeah, very that important thing. to me. You and I, we paid a hefty price for this, and I love the idea of having this controller continue to be brought into the modern age, to continue to have those special features that it deserves to have, that it definitely needs to have for that price tag that we paid for it. So nice I to mean, see that on there as well. I mean, you're going to be taken care of anyway, Mike, because I know you already ordered that Master Chief Elite controller that will have all the Series X functionality as well. So either way, you're good. Um, but for but for many of us who already have an Elite controller that we you know shelled you know shelled out 200 bucks for, we probably are not lining up to, to shell out another 200 bucks for a Master Chief controller just just to get what you know. I mean, obviously the aesthetics very nice, but what the share button different d-pad it's not it's not necessarily 200 dollars worth of upgrade so it's very nice to know that some of the other features the things that they can do just with a firmware update are going to be keeping those controllers um you know relevant and in the mix one more update for you here gary your xbox series x and s and tv are about to get just a little bit closer and make a little more ease of access for you so console users with an xbox series x and s that are connected to their TV via an HDMI CEC connection will be able to control their Xbox in the dashboard and some streaming apps with their TV remote and users will be able to switch inputs on their TV by pressing the Xbox home button on their controllers. So a pretty cool one there to see you being able to control your console on the dashboard and some streaming apps with just a touch of a normal TV remote. I think that saves you trying to go through the couch and trying to find out that one Xbox controller that's connected is nice as well. Yeah, I like, I'm a big fan of that CEC stuff, basically being able to, you know, control your TV through the Xbox and vice versa. Um, it works better on some systems than on others. It works fairly well on mine, but there's a few, there's a few little pieces of jankiness about it that I don't love. I'm, ho I'm, I'm hoping that those are the things that this firmware update uh, will be addressing because it's a, it's 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 a it's a convenient, just simple things like you know being able when you when you power up the Xbox it powers up the TV automatically as well and vice versa. That's kind of basic stuff that we expect through an HDMI CEC connection these days. And the the more they're able to kind of add you know, different functionality to that, the uh, the better. Love that, Gary. Well, one more for you. Quick little insane update is what I titled this one. There's a wild amount of cards coming day one to Forza Horizon, and the team over at Playground Games shared an updated list of the cards that are coming at launch so far. 
So there are over 426 different cards available at launch. And get this, Gary, there's still more to be announced for launch. And then, of course, there's more coming after launch. So over 426 cards for launch day in November. That's wild, Gary. I don't think I'll ever be able to see that many cards and actually drive that many cars in this game. It's a lot of cars, Mike. It's a lot of cars. <laughs> I, I get so excited about this because this game gets closer and closer, and I cannot wait to rip around Mexico with you and all of my friends in Forza Horizon. That game has meant so much to me since Forza Horizon 3, and it's just a special racing game. And to see the love and care that Playground Games puts into this uh, version of the game is really, really cool. And the idea of having 400-plus cards is insane to me. That's wild. That's crazy. And all the detail that goes into it, right? The different balancing systems, how the car looks, how it feels, how it plays, what, how it's going to present itself on your screen. That's really wild to think about. So shout-out to that team, and I look forward to seeing what the final number is as we launch. But, Gary, our final piece of the podcast today, before we get out of here for our weekend, I want to ask you what you've been playing because I know you and I – We've been playing some games, and you played a really cool game. So tell me what you've been playing over the week. Yeah, I've been very uh, vocal about um, uh, Lake on social media. If, you, if you've been following me on Twitch, I did a big stream last week, like a five-hour stream where I, where I played Lake, and I've been talking about it on social media a lot. It's not on Game Pass. A bunch of people are asking, is it on Game Pass? But it's only 20 bucks. I think it's well worth getting. Um, it's the kind of game, that, if like me, you, you, you can play through it basically in a weekend. But I think it's a, just a you know, nice, short little game. Beautiful story, little game. Very, very indie. You basically play a kind of a regular person who delivers the mail in a small town, you know, a, a small lakeside town uh, somewhere in Oregon. You have you have relationships, you have friendships. There's no mystery to solve. It's weird. I kept explain, kept waiting for like some kind of Stranger Things type shit to happen. Like, or life is strange. Like. Is, is this character going to develop supernatural powers? Are they going to find like a body in the woods? Is there going to be some like Twin Peaks type shit? No, none of that happens. It's just like a little slice of life indie game. You have friendships. You go out for coffee with your friends. You go home and watch sitcoms and read a book. You deliver the mail. And at the end of the game, you have to, you, know, you basically have to make kind of a life choice about, you know, what basically what you want the rest of your life to be like but the whole game is kind of so mellow and even in the big choice at the end the game is basically kind of saying to you like don't sweat life choices like life will just work itself out one way or the other don't agonize over the choices you make in your life because you know the future is going to be what it's going to be and if you try if you if you spend your life agonizing over trying to game out your future you'll never be happy like just there's a certain amount of freedom that comes with just trusting that the future will work itself out and just let life flow and just chill the fuck out and like enjoy your life and don't stress all the time about stuff. It's set in 1986, so it has a really kind of beautiful retro kind of indie vibe to it. I just love the mellow vibe of it. Nothing too stressful happens. It's very kind of almost like a Hallmark Channel movie and like nothing bad's going to happen. You can play this game. Nothing's going to jump out of a closet at you. Government agents aren't going to change. Like Here's the thing. The main character in the game, Mike, her name's Meredith. That's all you need to know. Like, there's no Meredith the Barbarian. There's no Meredith the CIA Black Ops, you know, tier one operator. It's like, she, she's, she's a postal worker. She's just a normal person like you and me. And she's living a normal life. 
and experiencing chill vibes and drinking coffee and hanging out with her friends. Like, I, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not too much because it happens early in the game. There's a thing that happens early in the game where, like, one of the people that you deliver mail to, she's a cat lady. She's a crazy cat lady. But she's not even crazy. She's just nice. And, like, one of her cats is sick. So you take it to the local person in town. Like, this town's so small, it doesn't even have a vet. It has the person that you take your animals to because he knows about animals. The next day, you pick the cat up from the guy. He's like, yeah, she's fine. Nothing wrong with her. You take it back to the old lady. It's like even even like the sick cat side quest was like totally chill and a false alarm and nothing really bad happened to the cat. That's it. It's like, wait, there's got to be more to this story. No, the cat was fine. That's it. That's pretty much what all of Lake is like. It's just totally chill. And life sucks so much right right now, Mike. You know, like you said, you, you, you just escaped from a, a goddamn forest fire. People on the East Coast are drowning in hurricanes. COVID is still everywhere. Life is fucking terrible right now. That's why we love Animal Crossing so much, right? Because we've got to escape from all this shit and go have, like, a chill experience on a tropical island where maybe you get stung by a wasp, but that's the worst thing that can happen. Even if you do, there's a medicine fixes it right up immediately. Lake's kind of like an IRL version of Animal Crossing. Go to a chill place, hang out with your friends, don't stress about anything, have a cup of coffee, have a piece of blueberry pie, enjoy yourself. It's a beautiful, beautiful game that you can play over the course of a weekend. I got all the, I wanted to see all the different endings. So I played out all the different endings. I think it might be one of the only games ever that I actually got like all, I did all the achievements. I got a thousand achievement points. So if, if, even if you're just an achievement hunter, it's a really easy game to bust out a thousand achievement points in a weekend. 20 bucks, check out Lake. It will be on my game of the year list because it, it was just just the chill vibes that I needed in a very, you know, it's been 2020 and 2021 have been very traumatic years uh, for us. Again, I, I wish there were more games like Lake that were just like kick back, enjoy your friendships. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Just enjoy like a slice of life. It's like a, it's like a cozy blanket. It's video game comfort food and I absolutely loved it. I recommend it to anyone. Oh, Gary, I love when you describe the game like that to me. It gets me all excited, and hearing your enthusiasm for it gets me really pumped up. And I knew that was going to be a special game to a lot of people, right? We played it at the demo. We've seen multiple presentations with that game in it. And, yeah, you just knew something special was going to happen. I am a little wowed that there is no crazy twist at the end, like they've been living on some black, for it. black site CIA agent area, you know? But uh, you know what? We'll take it. I, I'll take it. I'm interested in it. Now, I'm going to tell you a game that is kind of similar, but also goes on a fantastic voyage of self-discovery, Gary. I've been playing The Artful Escape, and that is on Game Pass. It's on PC and console, and I believe Baird has played it too. So me and him are going to be able to rap and jive about it with you because this game, Gary, you know, I, I like to take chances thanks to Game Pass. I like to step out of my comfort zone as a gamer over the past couple of years, trying games that aren't normally my style, my type, right? And so I jumped into the Artful Escape because during all the presentations we've seen, it's been kind of loud, colorful, really fun looking game design. And I thought, okay, I'll give this a try. And I have to say, I'm so pleasantly pleased. I'm so happy that I tried this because it is beautiful. It is stunning on the visual side. The music is awe-inspiring and makes you have all types of feels you're in you got goosebumps when you're listening to it it hits all the right melodies throughout the game and it takes you on this fantastic galactic mind-blowing mind-bending journey of self-discovery because you're put in the shoes of francis vendetti who is a young musician and he's in the shadow of his uncle who's like this mega star who left this impression on the world in this town that's all about him and his folk music but 
really inside, Francis isn't that guy, right? And he wants to go on this self-discovery where he kind of sheds his name and becomes his own. And I think that's the coming of age tale. That's that kind of story that clicks with everybody. And so when you play it, you hit these moments where the visuals are just so striking and awe-inspiring with different colors and different settings and color palettes. And then on top of that, the music is this beautiful melody that just gets you kind of in the zone and in the groove of the game. And then they have these awesome, well-written script with some incredible voice actors that just strike this chord where these messages resonate with you. You know those moments of stepping out of the shadow of someone else in your life or becoming yourself and trying to make a name for yourself in a different way. And that fear, that anxiety of, will I fail? Is this the right thing to do? Will I ever get out of the shadow? And it's so, so cool. And it's actually so basic as well. The game is just a straight up story narrative game. There is not much gameplay to it. You kind of walk on a 2D plane, a side scroller left or right, and you go on this wild galactic journey where, yeah, you can play the guitar and strum it at some points, but really it's all about the story and learning what Francis is going through and going through this with him. And I got to say, Gary, this is a must play, in my opinion. Honestly, I had a ton of fun with it. I'm blown away with it. And Barrett, I want you to chime in because I want to know what you Mm. thought of this game because I I actually – I didn't think I was going to like it, and then I fell in love with it. Huh. So this is very interesting. Of course, you can hear more of my thoughts over on uh, this week's Games Cast as well. Earlier in the week, when we reviewed uh, Artful Escape, WarioWare, and uh, man, what was that third game? Whatever. Th- uh, Life is Strange, uh, True Colors. Uh, and I, I went back and forth with Tim on uh, the Artful Escape because yeah, Tim is uh, head over heels for this game. It seems to be his uh, game of the year. Um, and as someone who felt like the target audience for it, right, like it is like uh, a coming of age story. And in that aspect, I thought it was very cute. I thought it, it, it did very well. But then it uses kind of this this era of like the late 60s, early 70s of like where rock and roll was slowly transitioning away from its like kind of like folk and blues roots transitioning into the more psychedelic space opera uh, stuff that, like, we know where David Bowie went with Ziggy Stardust, and it is very much inspired by, like, uh, you know, like, the uncle is straight up just Bob Dylan, uh, like, the musician uncle that you're living in the shadow of, and, like, you are going on, essentially, your own quest to find your own Ziggy Stardust. And I think it's, like, a very interesting... I think it's a very unique way to try to tell a coming-of-age story. I think it nails it in some moments. Like, I was playing... Moments throughout the game, I I had absolute chills uh, in, like, to some sequences. On other aspects where, you know, like, the kind of space opera, finding, like, uh, getting into, like, the quote-unquote, like, lore and, like, this whole, like, weird space galaxy thing that you're discovering, I, I, I think it misses uh, uh, sometimes uh, with some of the, the dialogue and uh, voice acting, um, particularly in the, the main character that you play as. There's just some... Delivery stuff and some some dialogue stuff. Where I was like, uh, this is it feels kind of cringy, and I don't know if that's because like I grew up so much with like literally Bob Dylan and David Bowie from from my dad who had me listen to a lot. So like being more closer to the source material than I I, I would say like Tim is, where like I was still listening to these musicians like well into my adulthood, um, and like seeing those comparisons, it didn't feel like quite as unique or uh, authentic is I think the word that I'm looking for. Cause there's, there's that inspiration. A lot of like the visuals remind me and like almost tone when you get into like the space uh, opera journey of it remind me a little bit of um, 
Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a little bit, um, but again, I don't think feels as authentic or unique as uh, Gar- uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know. I think it was funny when t- and Tim said in our review on Gamescast, he was like, you either are going to love this game or hate this game, and I immediately followed up uh, contradicting him where I was like, I... I like this game. I neither adore it like Tim does. I don't. I wasn't as like meh about it as Blessing and and Greg were. Um, I I think it nailed some aspects. I think it kind of stumbled in some other moments. Um, I do think it's worth checking out though and giving it a try to see if like if it is your thing. Like Mike and Tim have been mm-hmm. absolutely in love with it. It's on Game Pass. Oh. Like like play that first hour if you're vibing with it. Like you're gonna vibe with it hard for it's it's only like a four hour. Experience experience and it's like a, a almost an extended interactive movie and like if if you're into it like you're gonna really really love it and i've been happy for everybody who has been loving it like tim like mike uh and like others that i've seen since it came out i think like yesterday for everybody um so yeah i'd, yeah. I'd say at least give give it the shot even though i'm not as high on it as uh, as others are no, it's, it's it's it. It sounds perfect for me. If I, I I was already kind of sold on it based on what I had seen and heard, and even if I hadn't been, I certainly would be now just listening to you two um, talk about it. It, it. And it's perfect for me right now as well. You know what it's like when you finish a really great book or a really great movie or a really great video game that has a certain vibe, and you kind of want like you want that you don't want that vibe to to, to stop. It's like what else can I play or read or watch yeah. that was that's going to continue this vibe? And these these seem very different, but you know, I I love games that are whimsical. Um, and 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 just bright and and positive and kind of twee in a way and very artistic and uh, kind of artsy and like is that in a certain way and this kind of feels like it is uh, in a different way almost feels to me like a movie that Pixar would make you know it's like you know how like they did, they did like Coco which was like the whole, all of the storytelling was told through the medium of music and the story was really about you know Latin American music and then he did Soul which was really about kind of the power of jazz music and how music can really you know drive and affect and 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 and, and light up your life and this can, it almost makes me wish that Pixar would do that kind of a movie like a movie that's like kind of fueled that's kind of powered by the music of the 60s and the 70s, like you, know, like you said, Dylan and Bowie and Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and all that music, you know, that that, that we love so much, and that would be amazing. That until until Pixar does that, we have this. It really does feel like it is very much that, and it it feels it's very much up my street. You know, not too challenging as a game, story driven. Like you said, incredible voice cast: Mark Strong and Carl Weathers, Jason Schwartzman, Lena Headey, all these amazing actors that are, that are in it. And like for me, almost Mike, the greatest uh, uh, recommendation is that you liked it because I know that you don't usually like these kind of whimsical indie games. You you yeah. you want your battle rifle and a needler, and you want to be fucking getting some frags. But so if, if, if so, if a game like this is just very much more in that kind of out of that whimsical indie world, if it's working even for you, I feel like it's got to be doing something right. It made a great impression on me, Gary. So I hope that you give it a try. Like Barrett said, it's not too long, about four hours for your playthrough. And sit down, check it out. It's on Game Pass, which is this the weekend. best part. That's one that you and I and the team always talk about. But with that, say goodbye. It's time for the weekend. It's time for you to go out there and enjoy a bunch of video games. Remember to leave a comment down below. What should Gary do with all of his hardware? How can he give back to the incredible community? Or should he just go to GameStop and get an outrageous Cash it in. I got, the angel, I got the angel and the devil on my shoulder, Mike. I've got the angel saying, oh, but the kid's in hospital. And the devil's going, but 250 bucks? It's an outrageous price for some old consoles, now which I absolutely feel bad. love. And, of course, on top of that, let us know what 
hero you would love to see come in and be that awesome superhero for us over on the xbox side but with that it's time to say goodbye on behalf of gary witta barrett courtney myself and our guy paris lily thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the kind of funny x cast enjoy your weekend and play a bunch of games peace